It's the Daily Talk Show, everyone, episode 72, and we're, we're excited because we've got uh, another guest. Our fourth guest. We'll probably stop counting when we get past five or maybe ten. We're officially a, uh, a guest show, it feels like. Yeah, welcome to the Daily Talk Show. It's Trevor Long. Trevor Long. How are you? Fourth. You're in Sydney. This is an outrage. Didn't make the top three. I know. <laughs> Four, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're leading to... Uh, um, yeah, we're building up on the guests, but as I said that, I'm like, Jesus, it doesn't sound good for Ryan John or, or the work experience <laughs> who came before. But no, it's, Ryan was um, good. I enjoyed yeah. that episode immensely. Yeah. So, yeah. Trevor, the weird thing about the Ryan John interview is yeah. I did a radio spot with him a week earlier, and we he you know followed me on Twitter and whatnot, and I watched that adoption video. 24 hours before I heard the podcast. It was classic. Weird. It all came together at the same time. So, Trevor, tell us um, from your side, because Josh makes up a lot of stories of how he's met people. Mm. It's his imagination. <laughs> it's what he learned in primary school, if you've been listening to the, um, the show. How, how do you guys know each other? Because that's where the connection lies. Wow, that's a great question. I, I, I think uh, Josh and I came across each other. I think I followed Josh. He followed me back or vice versa. I'm a tech guy. And Josh has always loved his tech. And I think we might have connected early on actually testing this software that we're using right now to record. Yeah. Well, and he was I like, think it was, yeah. Can, you, can you just help out? And we talked for like an hour. Yeah. It was like it's an hard with Josh. Talk show. It was just gibberish. 45 um, minutes of Josh speaking is pretty much <laughs> yeah. what you'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think back then you were doing Josh speaking. You were trying to find ways to, to do this stuff. I've, done, I've been podcasting for like eight or nine years. So... Maybe you're asking the question of, you know, what sort of technology do we use? I honestly don't have a great memory. Yeah, either do I. It's, I think there's Twitter, you have Twitter friends and it's just people who are doing, you're sort of in parallel lives, you're doing things. I yeah. think um, uh, I was doing Melbourne Geek, so obviously following everything that is tech and Trevor's a big part in the tech community in Australia. And um, yeah, I remember the specific time the that we spoke was um, yeah using this tool before I interviewed Austin Cleon who uh-huh. wrote Steel Like an Artist. I wanted to make sure it was all good and I could there was I was only, just a guinea pig. Yeah, there was only <laughs> one person I could think of who could handle the uh, the tech. But the biggest compliment Josh can give you is if he actually buys your domain, your name, so trevorlong.com before yeah. you do. Did you do that to no, Trevor? I haven't, I haven't no. done that okay. to Trevor. I haven't no. done that. No, no, Trevor no, got I've in early. That way early. I've got all my kids' <laughs> names. I've got everything. So. When did you buy your first domain? Do you remember? Jeez, uh, that's back in the Melbourne IT days before the bubble. Um, yeah. I was selling domain names. Um, I was yeah. selling domain names in the late 90s. Uh, great story in a radio world. Chris Murphy, the uh, uh, manager, um, uh-huh. owned 2SM in Sydney. And I was selling domain names and I was in the radio game. So we came across each other. He bought, oh, I'm going to say 250 domain names off me. Like wow. it was intense. I bought a BMW. Um, <laughs> it was stupid. Like rock and roll radio, Beatles radio. It was a great deal. I was just, yeah. What was I was your... buying domain names crazy. So you were a reseller, were you? Yeah. I just, I just got a reseller account with Melbourne IT and, you know, just set what up a website. What was the most impressive yeah. domain that you bought and then sold off? 
Yeah, see, I've not I've not done well buying and selling my own. Um, <laughs> I've just you know resold others. So it was really Chris Murphy stuff like rock and roll radio, Beatles radio, and he had a few rocket rockandroll.com.au back then was big. But I've I've kind of worked as an agent for a few people in in selling because no one knows how domain names work. No. Um, so I've had a few long term clients who I've just kind of helped you know either buy or sell their dot coms. Um, yeah, you know, like I, I, I bought eftm.com last year. I spent like two and a half grand on it because. Someone owned it and I hated it. I hated that they owned my name. So you name. got the dot com. <clears throat> yep. Oh, that's great. Yep. So EFTM, everything for the man. When? Did, how did that come about? That's your business, right? Yeah. So I had a website uh, called Your Tech Life, which was just, you know, gibbering about tech because PR companies in the tech space want something tangible to give to their client. And I was on the radio um, and they'd say, did you review that thing we sent you? And I'd be like, yeah, like three weeks ago on the radio. Oh, can we get a clip? No. What? <laughs> So I'd write everything up on the website and there's just so many tech websites back then that I, I kind of went, maybe we need to do something different. So there's a couple of guys that were around that were kind of either freelancing or not in full-time jobs. And we started, we just went men's lifestyle. It's a, it's a niche that hasn't been fully cracked and we started everything for the man um, and uh, registered that .com.au um, and it's been going now for six, seven years. And um, yeah, I'm just a brand snob. I really want to own everything about the name. So I found a bloke in China that owned EFTM.com and I, he wanted 20 grand. I got him down to, I don't know, two and a half or something. And Not bad. completely rebranded since. Yeah. Two and a half important. grand, I think. I would definitely buy a domain name for that. For like a four letter. Yeah, that's that's awesome. If you'd established a business also, it means a bit yeah. more. Oh, makes so, so much sense. So that's Josh's connection with you. I have a connection with you, but it's not in that way. Yeah, it's wow. a very you were telling me this before we we connected. It's a very soft, soft, soft connection. Yeah. It's a, it's a connection okay. nonetheless. I uh, I think I trolled you. <laughs> Was it and on I the say, NBN? Troll not meaning threatening your life or telling you you're a piece <laughs> of shit. A, a very light troll. And I don't even yeah. know what... Like I, I don't send out... I, I probably don't comment on things, but what I did see... You know I'm a big drone flyer. Yeah. Like I've, I've got my drones. I make my videos. And I just remember this one. I, I remember it because I remember your logo. And I remember uh-huh. your logo because you'd put it over a video of the drone, oh, the Bunnings guy. The Bunnings guy. And yeah, I remember yeah. I, I just like, for some reason, like I'm a triggered content creator that <laughs> sees anything of mine somewhere else. I'm always, you know, what the hell? Um, rather than going, that's cool. That's getting out there. And I yeah. saw on, uh, I, I think it was the video I saw of the drone. So basically backstory, a guy made a video of, a, of him buying a sausage from Bunnings using a drone and he was sitting yeah. in his spa and he sent it from his house down to Bunnings to get it. Anyway, there was your video with the watermark on it. Yeah. I must have said something like, um, no, uh, no, uh, so I can't even remember was, what I said. It was, I, I remember because you... I, I remember, can tell you what I would have said. Get yeah. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you were yeah. more polite than that. I, I feel oh, really? like I, I feel like the... Um, uh, I feel like there's been a progression of Tommy on on social but media. But what did I say? What do you think I, I said? Th- I think it was it was something around. I think you were just um I I if I was to deconstruct it in a big way, <laughs> I think TJ has pushed back on any sort of uh, uh sort of media, you know, like you do you're a current you know, you're a current affair bits or today or whatever it is. And Tommy 
uh, has a little bit of fucking this deep-seated hate because he never made it onto <laughs> TV. And I think that he, I th- what I think it was, was I think that uh, it would have been the logos. I think that the, because mm. you would have done the, I think from memory, you did the logos like Channel 9 yes. or A Current Affair does right in over the, the top. exclusive, yep. right over the top. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think Tommy was triggered as a, <laughs> uh, a hashtag content creator. Yeah. See that guy, and, say, you've this, stolen this it. Weirdo, That's I think what I said. Yeah. <laughs> made this video and he emailed me and goes yeah. um, along the lines of, I've, I've been, I've had, com- Cassa have commented on my YouTube video saying I'm in trouble. And I had a look and I went, that's genuinely Cassa, you are in trouble. Yeah. And I rang him and I said, mate, just so you know, you're fucked because yeah. I know the rules pretty well and it's wrong. You're, you're in trouble. Um, and so I immediately downloaded the video because I knew he would delete it. Um, and he did. Uh, downloaded it and then I wrote a story and see the great thing about being in the media is you've only got to know like three people and I just sent it to like three people and I got it on it was on the age it was on the uh, on the telly it was on every website but which video did they embed because it was gone so I put my Facebook Mm. I put it on Facebook got a mate of mine to do the I was somewhere else I was like in the country and I just got a mate of mine to quickly put the logos on uploaded it to Facebook and I think it went to like a million views and you know I'm like Josh I look at it I look every five seconds at video <laughs> yeah, views yeah. this thing went crazy before he then sold the rights to a viral company yeah and then they went for, they went around and took it down from everywhere but by, that, by then I'd had my glory so who cares and I'd already trolled you and you said to me yeah. I remember what you said it was like you basically gave the gist of it was getting pulled down so I put the thing on there so it wouldn't get taken down and it was like I couldn't actually say anything back to it and it just diffused my feelings about <laughs> it I was rare. like oh fair normally enough normally I go to, I, I, I like to have a proper argument on Twitter or, or Facebook nah, nah, so I don't, I don't think I went hard that's why you hit just, me like, on the NBN and I'll give you a shit <laughs> so, so so we're Trev, best mates Trevor by yeah, the way exactly. that's how we're, we're best mates so Trev do you do you call yourself a journalist and no. what, what okay and so what is a, a tech journalist versus what you do yeah, I call myself a technology commentator purely because I'm not a journalist. I didn't study to be a journalist, um, and I think it's insulting to people who went to uni. <laughs> no, I didn't go to uni, so um, I can't spell. I can't. I don't have good punctuation if you read my website. So I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to be in that bucket, right? So that's yeah. the main thing. And secondly, my life is about opinion. I, I'm yeah. not here to provide balanced and articulated arguments. I'm here to go. That's shit. This yeah. is good. Uh, you know, journalists don't aren't meant to do that. So, yeah, that's why I do that. And uh, journalists don't get paid very well either. Yeah, <laughs> and and I mean, journalists can't tell someone to get fucked, but you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, I don't work for anyone. I, I'm not employed by anyone. Um, I up until only a few weeks ago had a radio show on on the Macquarie Network, and I still felt a little bit like I couldn't speak about you know that network. I had to be a bit mm. careful. Now I'm unencumbered. I'm just fuck you, <laughs> screw you. Just, I'm just and you. If someone comments on our website. Um, like a, the guys at Gizmodo and stuff, they're like, oh, we have to be really delicate around commenters and they have to moderate and give people mm. warnings. I just say, mate, you're fucked. Go away. Yeah. And <laughs> mate, I love it. Why, yeah. why not? Absolutely. And was it, was it a progression? Did you ever, because I know when I was going down the path for a little bit in that sort of um, tech commentary space and then I mm. just realized from a video point of view, um, I just sort of chased the money in some regards in making corporate-style branded yeah. content because I, I could make a lot of money doing that. I still absolutely love the the tech stuff, and I think if you're in that one percent, if you're, I admire you because you uh, you've you've got your finger in a million pies, and you and I feel like that's sort of an approach 
that you need to have doing this was it yeah, you got what's it. been the what's been the progression did you ever really want to be that tech journalist or no. no i mean look the thing was i was i feel like josh and i are very closely connected other than the fact that he actually lost the weight um <laughs> uh i you know i was kind of a nerdy-ish at school you know i had a casio uh calculator uh, diary thing that had all my contacts in it at school you know i was, I was a nerd right yeah. um but not super geeky not not into star wars um, <laughs> so I liked, I liked technology and I, like most uh, nerds, you're the guy that your family go to for, for advice and questions. And I was the assistant program director at 2GB and there was a guy doing a nighttime show with Brian Wilshire Thursday nights, nine o'clock called Chip for Brains. Uh, and he was awful. He was taking calls from listeners. He was just saying, I'll look it up on the internet every time. It was just, it was <laughs> awful radio. And I just went, Brian, mate, he's got to go. I rang the bloke and said, mate, sorry, mate, we don't need you anymore. We're moving on. And Brian Wilshire said to me, well, what am I going to do now? I've been doing this show for 20 years. I went, mate, I'll come in and give you some tech news. Sat down to do tech news at nine o'clock and Brian Wilshire goes, well, here to take your calls for the next hour. Travel along. And I went, what? <laughs> and mate, I loved it. It was like yeah. drugs, uh, you know, chatting to people, especially oldies, you know, because oldies yeah. are going to talk radio. Uh, that was 2007. I've been doing it ever since. I just love talking about technology, love helping people with technology and you know, you're like 10 years is, is quite a long time. Most of the people in the game haven't been in it for that long. Um, and you, it's, it's literally a, a, a narrow progression. Eight years ago, I started doing mm. a current affair because one of the producers there heard me on the radio. So they went, hey, you could give comment. So I've been doing that for eight years. And then someone at the Today Show asked me why they couldn't use me. And I went, why you can't can. you use me? <laughs> yeah. And they go, oh, because you're on the current affair. I said, fucking, there's nothing here that says you can't yeah, use me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I started doing that. And it's weird because a current affair is like a million viewers. Today show, 300, 400,000. Since I've had the Today Show, skyrocket. It's just, yeah, it's that's the thing. awesome. The, um, I, I find the TV landscape funny. I had a guy who um, tell me the other week, Josh, you were there. Yeah. He's got a Netflix show and he said to us, don't do TV, get out because it's dead very soon. And he's a guy who's, you know, works in Hollywood and whatever. He's at the top of the new landscape of television. Bob. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bob, that's who I'm talking about. Robert um, Taylor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, w what's your thoughts on television? I know, yeah. you know, you work on it. You're on the Today yeah. Show quite a bit. But what's your, what's your thoughts on the landscape? The, the landscape is changing fast, but, and so that's why I'm fingers in every pie, as Josh says, you know, I'm ready to, to make video on any platform. And I, I think there's a solid business case today for content that is across both subscription, like Stan mm. and catch up and free to wear. But the problem is with people who are naysayers, there's still hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people watching free to wear. It's not just suddenly going to stop. It might evolve away a bit mm. but while ever you have this ability to just press a button on a tv and it just works there's no buffering it's not using your data allowance and all these things tv's still got a reasonable life ahead of it is it five years is it 10 years don't know but the evolution is is probably at its height right now because i, I watch what most of the um I guess most of the TV companies are doing. Channel 7 is probably the best innovator, I reckon. Clive Dickens is their chief innovation dude. He's got some crazy good ideas. And you look at what they're doing, what they did with the tennis, look what they did with the comm games. They're ready to provide content across any platform. I think Foxtel is the same. Most people hate them, but their, their IP, their streaming offering is pretty darn good. So I think we're ready just to, to consume it in a different way. 
TV will just become a streaming thing. It just mm. won't die. It'll just start streaming instead of being broadcast. Mm. Yeah, it feels like there's... Uh, the thing that I've learned over the years is shit takes way longer than you expect. Mm. Yeah. Like I remember... As you said that, I just looked out the window watching a dog take a shit. <laughs> it's <was> very tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But the other thing is social media is a bubble We and, and it gets described yeah. that way, but tr- like it really, really is. You know, I see people talking about crazy things and this is an outrage and that's happening. But, mate, you walk through your local Westfields, go to Chadston, wherever you're going, and people aren't talking about that shit they don't care about it mm. and you know as egotistical as it sounds i don't have people come up to you going oh cool saw your tweet last night no nah, they say yeah. saw you on the today show yesterday mm. yeah it's just it's still mainstream media is called that because it is still massively mainstream yeah. like massively mainstream and also i like broadcast i think like social media versus broadcast media is a is a different beast i think that podcast is closer to broadcast yeah uh, you know we're broadcasting to to listeners, but there and there we we have our controlled sort of funnels that where people can come in and contact us. They can email mm. us, mm. but I actually yeah, yeah I I I, lo- I like that I don't have to worry about yeah. um, comments on every if if we got comments on every podcast episode we'd do I'd be we fucked. do Trevor sends them through <laughs> at- <laughs> <laughs> but see it happens right I did a so I did a podcast called Your Tech Life for eight years six six eight years can't remember but like three hundred and fucking eighty episodes or something and it was me sitting in my little man cave here um, people would email me I got a lot of emails asking for advice but I don't reply to them because what's mm. the business model in that yeah. so I call them record the call and make a talkback show out of it but then I was doing this nightly talkback show about technology and I'm like fuck I'm just doubling up here so I killed mm. the show I killed the old podcast stupid thing to do now that the radio show's dead but killed the podcast and converted it into a new show called EFTM and People are loyal, like loyal podcast listeners are not happy. The, the, mm-hmm. I get email, I still get tweets from a guy in Melbourne who is unhappy that we started swearing in the podcast, um, unhappy that we're <laughs> talking about cars. I'm like, dude, I made it very clear. I yeah. did an emotional last show. You heard that. Yeah. It was <laughs> over. Move on. I said, mate, just unsubscribe. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to change because of you, but yeah. you have this loyalty and that's the great thing about podcasts um, and that it is podcasts are the closest thing to our broadcast medium, that being radio, that you can find. And that it's it's my favorite. Podcasts mm. are my favorite medium, although I don't listen to many. So yeah. weird. The yeah. daily talk show though. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's the... Um, yeah, I, I do feel like the audience stuff is interesting. My approach has been build slowly, not mm. trying to, you know, we could try and cast our net super wide and get a big audience, but I think they'd fucking hate us. Mm. Be- um, whereas people slowly trickling in and this sm- s- slower growth feels like we're actually building an audience of people who maybe like us. Versus- it's, it's also the way that we're sort of painting the narrative because yeah. you look at Ryan John on that last interview that we did about not being not choosing your audience really yeah. when they choose mm. you because of something well, he made out. some really good points there because like you have something go like we our most viral thing at EFTM was I did a Today Show segment about the new Commodore now the new Commodore had, was announced two years ago um, the, the shape of it, the look of it, the fact that it's not rear-wheel drive, the fact that it's not a V8. This is all not news. Um, but I had them at Channel 9 and I was announcing the pricing. So I did a deal to be the, to announce the pricing exclusively. They didn't put it on the internet, so I asked them for a copy of it and I put it on my Facebook page. <laughs> Fuck 
me. Like just <laughs> the hate is unbelievable, but it, it's it's reached like 2.7 million Australians. It's gone mm. like in my world, that's crazy viral. Mm. Yeah, And, you know, I'm inviting every one of them to the page, you know, like invite, invite, <laughs> invite. And now it's like, well, they're going, what's this tech shit? So yeah, mm. y- yeah I'd much prefer like you, Josh, to grow slowly. Mm. I say to the boys that work with me now on EFTM, and this is all just a hobby for us, essentially. It's a long game, boys. This could yeah. be a multi-million dollar thing for us one day, but we, we can't just pretend that we can just flick a switch and you know spend millions of dollars on advertising and have people come to the site because they probably wouldn't engage with it. We prefer to grow organically and build an audience. And if that takes 10 years, who gives a shit? Yeah. Well, what does that mm. matter? And, we're do- and I think the thing is that it is like so fun. Like I enjoy... like. Mm. I was thinking about it the other day, but there's nothing that I enjoy more than doing what we're doing mm. right now, yeah. even beyond making videos and all that sort of thing. Because this right now, like we are, mm. ma- like we're making the thing, we're having a conversation. It connects all of the things that I really love together. Well, business owners, I'm feeling this right now. I was thinking as you're saying that, looking down in Trevor's eyes through the webcam, <laughs> I was thinking like this feels really good and I think it feels good because we're in the doing. Yeah. When, you th- when you're outside of it, you're thinking about it and you're thinking about cash flow and you know numbers and it's like that's where you start mm. feeling. I, I That's where I get the anxiety or the, the feelings of yep. unknown because it is all unknown, right? We're talking about shit that we actually – don't know because yeah. it could all change tomorrow. No. Um, you know, we don't know. But, you so- know, the number one things that you guys um, uh, cut through with, in my view, and I've spoken to Josh about this, is is when you are, you do end up in a bit of a DNM. You like it's just two of you gibbering, but then you start talking about stuff that's yeah, like got got cut through on your next next project or whatever. So you're talking about how how to make something work a certain way, or you're talking mm-hmm. about your experience in a certain way. It's those things that I think that people connect with on podcasts. Now, there's, there's certain types of podcasts. There's a lot of those, you know, interviewing people for their career style podcasts. Um, yeah. And we, we on EFTM, we're just starting a series of interviews. And we went, because Chris Bowen, who I do it with, he worked with Hadley for 15 years. I, I worked at 2GB for 20. Like, we've got some solid, like you look at your phone book, we got some yeah. solid contacts, you know, yeah, you can yeah. call. And I go, we could call some pretty cool people and get them on the show, but I don't want to interview them about their life. I want to go, what's your favorite car? What fucking car do you want to own? Yeah. Like mm. what, what technology do you use? I want to make it thematic. So we are, EFTM is about tech, cars, and lifestyle. I want to find a way to tap into people and, and just get people thinking about technology, cars, and, you know, lifestyle stuff. So mm. rather than having to create just another interview series, um, that's what we'll do. And I think you're doing that. It feels to me like you're doing the same thing. We're just going, well, it's just, here's a random person that, you know, we could have a great conversation with and it doesn't have to be the story of their life. It doesn't have to be how they became, you know, who they are or whatever. Yeah. It's just, you know, connecting on a, on a simple level. And it doesn't have to, I think that there's been a push, you know, it's something that I was really into, which I'm starting to push back on is the content around morning routine and what you do. Like, I think that we've, you know, we enjoy, we enjoy maps. We enjoy saying, okay, what, what is the exact, you know, my favorite race car driver or whatever it is. What is, what time do they wake up? How much, you know, water that do they drink in the morning, especially in, you know, certain industries, that's especially in health. That's a really big thing. And I just think that I've just heard the same shit over and over and over again and so a lot of those podcasts that I was enjoying and even the sort of stuff that I was creating um, I think that it's um, it's gotten a bit old 
So I, I like, that, you know, Trev, what you're talking about is essentially like it's putting a new filter on things. Yeah. It's it's saying, okay, well... I think well, Osher Gunsberg is a great example, right? It's an unbelievable series of interviews he's done over a very long time um, with amazing people. But I, I subscribe to Osher, I subscribe to WTF, I subscribe to a lot of podcasts, but I don't listen to them all. I just go, I go to recognize a name. I don't actually mm. want to, it's terrible. I don't want to find out about someone I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, but when he, when he has Peter Fitz talking about uh, Australia Day, I'm thinking, ah, oh, Fitz is pretty, I'll listen to that. Mm. Um, when Rachel Corbett does a thing called, uh, you've got to start somewhere. Great media podcast. It's media people talking about how they got, got to start. Not really interested in, if, if I don't know you in the media, I've never watched mm. you, what, what interest is there? But, had a great time listening to the Chris Bath talk for an hour because she's got a really interesting story to tell. So I think people have got to accept as a podcaster that it's not going to be every single episode is going to have the same trigger yeah. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. You, some things are going to be more popular than others. Um, and I think that if you create such a niche, like for me, I want people to be consistent every week because I sell ads. I, I, want, mm-hmm. I need the numbers to be the same every week. So that's why we went. If I interview John Burgess about his career, that might be interesting to people over 35. But for people 20 to 35, they're going to go, who the fuck's Burjo? Yeah. So yeah. They, they're just going to switch off and not go. But if we introduce a bloke and talk about how he likes cars and stuff, they might get a sense of it and you know they won't actually tune out. So you've got to find a way to maintain an audience when you build it. That's the bigger challenge on the internet. And it's also that common thread. I think that people, what I want to try and do, and it's a very, it's a much smaller game, but it's the common thread is Tommy and I, and we're bringing people into our world. And you can talk about the things that we've been talking. It's it's like any other daily talk show, but now we've got a new voice and a new perspective that we can ask questions. Mm. And, um, And that's where I'm excited. Like I actually... For the one of the first times, actually, I <laughs> used my note notepad, Tommy. You'll be proud. Writing writing down notes with little things that I've always, you know, been curious to ask Trev, and it's like a, a perfect Uh-oh. a perfect platform. Right, like, number one, what is, what is yeah, right, no, good so, segue, Josh. Well, great segue. Well, so, no, so Tre- Trev's. Uh, we can Trev all has, feel it lulling. Yeah. <laughs> for, for a lot of people, Trev has the. the Trev's gone. Yeah. I can't see him anymore. <laughs> he's got the dream jo- job, right? Because he's working for himself, but also, Trev, over the last, especially I think probably over the last four or five years, uh, it, maybe even the last sort of three years, you've been very active in that sort of uh, covering Apple, going to the the press events. Mm. So that, that's that's my curiosity is around specifically the the Apple events. So if if you're not aware, when the new iPhone comes out, you know, in Australia, uh, basically, uh, if you put it on the TV, if you listen to radio. Probably nine times out of ten, Trevor's gonna have wedged himself in talking talking about the new device. How how does that come about? What's the experience mm-hmm. like? And just break down the the business model in it. Are you a freelancer that's then selling mm-hmm. spots on all these things? How does it work? Wow, so there's like an hour there, but let yeah. me break it down. So first and foremost, it's it's all about relationships. Like mm-hmm. Apple, so Apple don't have spokespeople. So when Apple, when but they, their phone numbers are available everywhere, their PR numbers. So if a radio station rings Apple and says, you've launched something new, 
can someone talk about it? They go, no. Um, but here's, uh, here's Stephen Fennick, here's Trevor Long, here's these people that, that have seen the product. So that's why they, they, they need people like us because they need people who can talk about their product. Um, I, you know, I basically built a relationship, as you have to, in the PR world with the Apple team. You know, coffees every three months, you know, just trying to catch up, see how we're going, review products. You know, you just, you're at the bottom of the list. You know, if, if the tech list is 100 people, you know, I've been at 100 and I've worked my way up through the ranks. And you just, oh, I'll, I'll review this. I'm happy to be, you know, 16th in line for the new iPhone or whatever. And then over time, you start picking up the odd gig. And so 2012, um, iPad, I think it was called the new iPad, um, was launched and well, it was about to be launched. And I got an email which said, you're invited. And I went, and I'm on Twitter and The Verge and everyone's posting a picture of the invite. And I'm going, oh, well, the invites have gone out. And then I got a phone call from Apple and they go, so can you come? And I went, what do you mean? They go, you got the invite. And I went, oh, that was for me. I'm like, I thought that was just, you know, <laughs> announcing it. And so that was that was my big break essentially because they had determined for whatever reason that they should bring me. They take between three and five people to every event from Australia. Um, and so and they make to a Cup choice. Cupertino or where? Cupertino, you San Francisco. Yeah. That one was in San Francisco at the yeah. Yerba Buena Center. Um, and so I'm a duck out of water. I don't know. I'm just, okay, I'll take the ticket. It's business class. Great. Shit, um, put me up in a hotel. Um, and you, I'll talk about the event in a second, but essentially then you turn up and there's, there's four other people there. Pretty much guaranteed. There's always someone from News Limited, always someone from Fairfax. Um, there's normally one person from each of at least two of the TV networks, and there might be some extra person. So there's it's a very small it's a club, right? It's a very small group of people, and there's no doubt that Apple has, spends time essentially vetting those people, understanding. You know, am I going to be a hater? No, mm. I'm not, I don't hate on any product really. I just, you know, give basic opinion. Um, so they basically spend time working out how much reach you can get. And essentially radio doesn't even factor into their mind, unfortunately, because I'm, I'm spending years going, I'm on, I'm on 50 radio stations. This is big. Mm. They're like, yeah, TV. So that's essentially why I worked so hard to get a current affair. And then the Today shows because it's, it's critical to all these companies. They want television coverage. So once you're in that in that group, if you can crack TV or, you know, Fairfax or News Limited, you're going to be one of the people invited. There's no guarantee. I don't know that I'm going to go to WWDC in a few months from now. I'd like to think I'm a huge chance of an invite, but no guarantee. Mm. Um, my wife and I just planned a holiday in October. We planned it in October because there's a big chance of an Apple event in September as every year with an iPhone, but mm. no guarantee I'm going to get an invite. But, you know, there's an assumption at my point. So once you're there, it's, it's phenomenal because, um, it's it's not like you get the red carpet treatment. There's a thousand journos, and you've still got to you know sign up and register for your media pass. You got to you got to get to the event two and a half hours early and line up for an hour. Um, you stand in a like an ante room kind of thing. Then you know having bloody canapes or breakfast for an hour before they let you into the theater, and you sit for an hour. They're only waiting. feeding you apples. That's all <laughs> yeah, you get. Just apples and apple juice. Um, <laughs> And and then the event's on and, and the keynote ends and then it's just a rush because there's always what we call a hands-on area where, you know, the products are and everyone's trying to take photos. But at that point, I'm pretty much on the radio. So I, I tell every radio station I possibly can that I'm available because I want to deliver extraordinary coverage because I want to get invited to the next one. Yeah. And when I say extraordinary, I don't mean positive. I just mean on as many radio stations yeah. and as many TV spots as possible. Far reach, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I send them an email afterwards going, here's what I did. And they all go, wow. Um, 
business model wise, mate, this world is not made for money. This is not a money making exercise. Yeah. If you wanted to be, it's a good business model for Apple, isn't it? <laughs> In a lot of ways, it's great. I mean, you they are up until eighteen months ago, they were the only company who could get. Um, essentially a news story about themselves. Yeah. Um, I can ring the Today Show and say there's an Apple event. They'll say go. Um, mm. if, if they don't want it, then I'm not going to go. Um, you know, LG, uh, Huawei invited me to Paris a couple of months ago. I just looked and went, Today Show, don't give a shit about your phone. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So I'm not going to go. Um, LG Samsung have phones? Has, yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, great phones. Just no one knows about them. Um, yeah. Samsung has broken that nexus now. Samsung have a couple of events a year. Mm. They'll now get that same level coverage that Apple do, so that's a real shift for them. Um, and so these these companies, you know, want to, I guess, essentially want to dine. You know, they take you, fly business class, they put you up in a nice hotel, they want you to go to dinner every night. I don't do any of that stuff because I hate socialising. I just yeah. hate dinners. Um, you just are about- very similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was a great excuse because I had a radio show in the evening in Australia every night. I'd be like, i got to get up at 2 a.m. so I can't come to dinner. Yeah, so yeah. I need a new excuse. But, um, <laughs> you know, business model-wise. Just on. People won't. Yeah. People won't it's, um, it. you know, I don't make much money out of the media, yeah. essentially. You know, I, I'm, I do okay, but it's not a full-time job. Um, it might partly pay my mortgage if you look at it that way but essentially being on the radio or in on the tv doesn't make you uh enough money to live yeah right doesn't make you wealthy yeah, unless you were Jules Lund, who yeah. was on Getaway, <laughs> well, did all right. Yeah, well, think, okay, that you know, if I if I had my own show, maybe, but yeah, you know, yeah. making appearances. So all the yeah, people yeah. that you see, you know, talking about finance or whatever, whatever, they've all got a side game. That's, Scott that, Pape, that's where the perfect, real money is. Scott Pape is a perfect example, right? Where barefoot it's investor. you know, barefoot investor who you can, um, yeah, you you you've got a niche. So his niche is finance, and his and it's almost what you're describing is similar to what a lot of authors talk about which like you make fuck all money from selling books unless you're like one percent like scott pape yeah. where it's the biggest fucking book in australia type of deal but for for the most part what you are gaining is influence which you then leverage in Correct. other ways yeah so uh, if i wasn't if, if so if i wasn't it's it is this kind of weird trickle effect i haven't drawn it but if i wasn't invited to apple events i wouldn't appear on the Today Show for Apple events, which wouldn't, you know, have, more people wouldn't see me and therefore I can't charge as much money to be a speaker. Like I do yeah. keynotes and I stand up on stage and they introduce me as, you know, respected tech commentator. You might have heard him on the radio or seen him on the Today Show. You know, that's mm. essentially, you know, better. I make more money out of speaking events in a, in a month than I do out of media in a year. So, yeah. you know, you, you've, you've, Without one, the other doesn't work, and it's it's you've got to keep it all kind of happy. And then there's a bunch of brand work. You know, I make stupid videos that are nowhere near the quality that you guys would do, but people just want little videos of me talking about stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're and paying I'm for your influence, happy. right? They're they're, they're yeah. paying they're, for your trust. I essentially voice. say you're paying for my image. Yeah, as weird as that sounds, I say, listen, you you want Trevor Long on that, then the production of the video is nothing, but the cost of me is is what's what's there. Yeah. So um. Yeah, so you make money out of those things. You know, a lot of companies just want to support because they know that if I took a job in PR where the money is, which most journos do, um, mm. I would disappear as a voice for them and they would then have to re- they'd have to start that whole relationship all over again. So I happily sell banner ads and, you know, live reads in the podcast and that's how companies get involved in what we do without exerting any editorial influence whatsoever. It's just a nice model where they can advertise 
um, and they can have a relationship. My whole business model is relationships. If you are willing to spend money with my website and my, 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 my properties, then of course I'm going to give you my time over and above someone else. You know, if company A and company B want coffee with me and I've only got 15 minutes to spare, of course I'm going to go to the guy that's actually helping me survive. Um, if I can f- spare another 15, happy to meet the other guy. And you work, it's, it's just a constant balance between, you know, trying to meet people, see new products. You know, if I could easily have coffee with 50 people a week that want to just show me a product, tell me about a new thing. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm. Of, there's a lot of gadgets in my office. <laughs> yeah. A, b- a bit of a different question with EFTM, everything for the man. In this day and age with gender politics and sort of yep. things that are, so for instance, I remember seeing on LinkedIn, some guys getting shit canned for having sort of a, a men's club a- event where they talked yep. about marketing and things like that. Where, where does it fit into I'm your life? I'm desperate for Media Watch to come on to me. I'm <laughs> desperate for it to be great publicity because, you know, here's a men's lifestyle magazine. But we originally, we don't actually call it everything for the men anymore. Unfortunately, the stickers um, still yeah. say it, but they're old. Um, but you know, happy to tell, if anyone's, even on the radio, if they say, what's EFTM stand for? I say, everything for the man. We're a men's lifestyle magazine. Um, but the, the mantra was always, we're a men's lifestyle magazine without the tits and bums. Um, yeah. So think Zoo Weekly, but when we talk about a car, we don't need a bikini model to stand in a Lamborghini. We'll just put a picture of the Lamborghini. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I want it to be something that my, when I started it, my nieces and now my, my daughters, my daughter and, and other children can, can look at without any, like there's no smart, there's no fucks. They can't listen to the podcast because we started swearing <laughs> in that early on. Um, but it's, it's not for men. It's yeah. just written for men. Yeah. Um, plenty of women comment on the site. Plenty of women are on the Facebook page, but we skew men. We skew heavily towards men. And I seriously, I genuinely want someone to, you know, knock up about it because I just say, what the fuck's Mamma Mia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not yeah, really welcoming of me. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's simply there to, 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 to track a niche. The problem is men aren't as active on the internet as women are. Mm. Um, and Lazy. I can get super, super controversial there and say it's because men are working and women are on their Instagram, but yeah. it's not really, it's just my wife. Um, but <laughs> You know, women on in, on the internet are much more engaging. They're happy yeah. to comment. They're happy to share. Yeah. Men don't do that. So yeah. it's a much harder market to crack. But well, EFTM it's women and on Josh. Facebook is why a lot of brands <laughs> want to deal with us. Yeah. Um, the men's lifestyle, men, you know, the young men, 25 to 50, um, is clearly an important market because we get so many companies going, like, why the fuck would you give me a Lamborghini? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to take a Lamborghini on the Today Show. It's not going to be on a current affair. Um they just want it on EFTM. It's just, it's insane to me that I can get a $700,000 car for a website. Yeah. Mm. But I love do they, it. Do they give them to you so you can drive them? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. We're, Mate, we've driven Lamborghinis, Rolls Royces. I was having a, a an Instagram direct message conversation with the CEO of Ferrari in Australia last week. And he said something to me like, um, I mentioned Lamborghinis. He goes, well, why Lamborghinis? I said, mate, because I haven't driven a Ferrari in two years. He goes, well, we'll have to change that, won't we? You know, and That's I was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think was the um, the tipping point, uh, you know, going back to, to Apple, giving you sort of the tap on the shoulder? Yep. Because I know that Apple is the perfect example. I've uh, got a mate, uh, Byron Cook, uh, who's been on radio for a while, has done a bit of um, TV stuff for Seven for their AFL coverage doing some sort of music um, segment and he actually did a LinkedIn post where Apple had given him a, a MacBook to use for, mm. for when he was on the TV. He did a post 
tagged the PR person, thanks for this, blah, blah, blah. And they said, hey, do you mind taking that down? Because <laughs> Apple very much, uh, they're sort of doing their work, but they're, they're not sort of the, your classic PR celebration type of thing. No. So it's all a little bit harder to to understand and to pin down. But what do you think was the tipping point for that tap on the shoulder? It was something about Channel 9. I mean, I think they saw... So Channel 9 doesn't real, didn't really at the time have a solid, um, I guess, tech person. Charlie Brown has been doing tech for a while, but he's got a kind of TV show on the weekends, which is you know, heavily editorial-based. He was doing the Today Show, but wasn't really doing a lot of news and other stuff. Um, and I think I did a thing... There's a guy who I still kind of we're still connected in a similar way that we are. Josh, his name's Josh too. Josh Withers. He's yeah. a marriage celebrant now. But yeah, yeah. He, was it Josh or someone else? Anyway, someone had an iPhone 4S the or for the grip, the one that had the grip problem, the antenna gate. Yes, yeah. They had the US model, and it wasn't available in Australia yet. And it was it didn't work. You couldn't turn it on, but they had it, and I I, I got it off them to borrow them. And I rang Channel and News and said, I've got it. Like, let's do something. And and so I stood out the front of the Bondi Apple store and talked about Antenna Gate. Now, it was a controversial thing for them, but it was probably my first TV thing that was outside of a current affair. And I think I think Apple saw it as an opportunity. So, yeah, essentially, you know, they went, he's probably going to be able to get this up. They know, they know that people want to cover it. And so essentially, they probably looked at it. I don't know, but I assume they looked at it and went, how can we make sure that Channel 9 News will cover it? And they made sure they that I was there and they, you know, Robert Penfold was there from the LA Bureau and they connected us, Robert and me, and said, Robert, if you need someone, Trevor's going to be there. He will have seen the device. And so I was able to do a thing in the morning news and talk about the device. So, uh, I don't know. They, they're, they're either Nostradamus and they saw the Channel 9 thing coming big time or they they, they kind of really, really knew what they were getting into. Mm. I, I think TV, from the bottom line, TV. From podcast the, ain't going to get you a ticket app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the sounds of your career and what you've done with EFTM, it's it just sounds like it's your innate passion, technology, and what you're talking about. Which and and then do adding the doing on top of that, that it gets you somewhere. And the lesson from that for me is like I think about the videos I create and the business endeavors I want to go towards. And I always come back to that. I need to feel it. I need to feel like a real interest in this or a real passion mm. towards it. What I do you think? think? If, if you don't have a passion for it, I, I don't know how you can do it. I, don't, I genuinely mm. don't. I think that I don't know whether there's whether you need the passion for the content of the video, but you certainly have the passion for the creating of the video. So mm. I'm not a you know Oprah Winfrey you know vision board kind of guy, but. What's I that do. vision board in the back that I can see? No, just, <laughs> but you know what? There is uh, my, my the door of my office is chalkboard, or it's a backboard paint, and um, uh, as weird as this is, because oh, I don't read books at all. Like you talk, you guys talk about books you've read. I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't. To be clear, it's all audio books for me. I haven't, I haven't, uh, and all except the, the color coded books behind yeah, you. None of them have been read. I listened to the okay. audio book and then uh, buy it as a. Trophy. I tried an audio book yeah. and I fell asleep. And I don't know where I was up to, so the whole thing was lost. But, I used to listen to Mark Boris's podcast a lot before it went kind of mainstream, frankly. It just it lost its rails. But mm. um, he had, a, in fact, a, a long-term listener of mine um, who's a policeman uh, emailed him and said, you know, how do I get out of this and I want to do my own thing? And he had this whole man thing. But he said, and I've written it up on the board, and it's been there ever since I built this office, it says, prosecute with energy the knowledge you have. And it's not, it's not a holistic thing, but it just says to me, that's what I do. Yeah. I've got energy about what I know. And, and I, I, everything I do, I prosecute with energy, and it's all about the knowledge that I've got. If, if I don't have knowledge about something, 
I'll either make it up or I won't do it. Um, you know, you've got to you've got to have the passion for it, and I think that's why everything I do is easy. I don't. People say to me, "What do you do for a job?" I said, "I don't work." <laughs> like I don't. I haven't worked a day since I left SBS, like three two years ago. It's fantastic. Didn't really work many days when I was there either. But um, yeah, I don't work. I just happen to have to get up in the morning and really early and go to the Today Show and then come home and spend. I don't know, maybe two hours thinking about tomorrow's segment and writing it up. The hardest part is is actually the, the off-air stuff, you know. Producing a segment is harder than doing it. Talking mm. about stuff's a piece of piss. Yeah. yeah, I think once you have a opinion on something, I think what people are doing, they see the shiny thing, mm. uh, they see the success of video, and they, but they don't have an opinion or a thought to share. And I think that that is the the most undervalued uh, element in in the conversation for for most for most people. So mm. Tommy and I talk about this regularly where it's like there's a big push at the moment everyone's becoming a fucking life coach, right? There's so many co- like especially uh in this sort of content world, lots of people are creating mm. it and for us the people that I will work with are the people who already have something to s- something to say if the first mm. meeting is trying to work out their thoughts on something so they can then create the content mm. they're doing it the wrong fucking way around and that's why like you know uh, just before this interview i uh was on a call with a client who's a neurosurgeon he's got shit to talk about in regards mm. to uh you know a sh- um you know, around surgery and for patients and all of this stuff. So I can turn on a camera and he can talk shit for five mm. minutes and it's a great piece the of The overlay content. will be awful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's a pro- the overlay is that um, is is definitely a, a limiting, <laughs> limiting challenge. Factor. It's, yes, a, it's, it's a challenge. It's some stock vision of brain surgery. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, video, see, I, I find video fascinating because it's, I find it quite easy to make. I find it quite easy to turn on a camera and talk to it. Um, but, the problem with Australia, and I say this to a lot of, you know, there's not actually that many young up-and-coming tech people, unfortunately, because I've tried to pay them. I've tried to find them to write stuff. But it's so hard to crack video. You know, I could, like, my I did a review of the HomePod, the Apple HomePod, and, you know, I would have been, I don't know, let's say one of 50 to have that in the world, certainly one of only two in Australia. But, you know, I cracked 30,000 on my HomePod review. It's good, but it's not, you know... Marcus Brownlee or whatever his name is getting, you know, 2 million. It's yeah. just, we're just such a small country, right? And mm. when well, I do a review of something and most of the comments are, it's fucking $400, mate. It's not 600. I'm like, fuck off. I'm in Australia. It's <laughs> yeah. just like so annoying because you're trying to crack this. We're, we're a tiny market. We're yeah. a tiny yeah. market. And I don't want to be global. I want to be, I want to be big in Australia. But yeah. what is big? What what number is big? What what video view is good for Australia? Because you're always compared against the the million views in America, which is 0.2 percent of their population. If I get two percent of our population, two two percent is better than like it's just yeah, it's a really math. hard thing to crack. Yeah. yeah. And the um, I guess the the other thing that people do is probably they'll see your your podcast or they'll see the website or they'll see different elements of hmm. your career and they'll say. They'll attach that as where you're making your money or things like that. Where I think yeah, that yeah. Uh, what people don't realize is it's not as it's not as simple as that. It's like yeah, mm. you might be doing like we might be doing this uh, podcast every single day, 
but there's a lot of other ways that we can be actually like we make no money from this right mm. and I think that that's fair uh, income hang on yeah. what <laughs> I know can you believe it who am I sending the invoice to outrageous for an hour how, how do you how do you work out your your value in the market my biggest if, problem in the world is working out my value and I reckon yeah. I've, I'd be a millionaire if I'd have charged what I was actually worth most of the time because the number of times you say to someone um, you know I'll do that thing and then they go yep and you're like oh Fuck! Should have charged double. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You just so I've so I've got a manager for any public speaking stuff because I just can't I can't cope with someone says can you do this thing can you MC this gig I'm like yeah okay how much I'm like five hundred dickhead it's five thousand right <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. you just so I I've got a great I just push all that aside but then like when a company says what can we do next quarter like they've just got budget. I'll go, well, I say, how much have you got? And then I'll just yeah. throw a bunch of things in. And I know that I'm throwing too much in, but I just want that money. So I just, I just want to, I prefer to lock in the money and undervalue myself than go, well, actually, uh, this is Trevor Long. And for that yeah. video, that's the whole budget. Now, they may say yes, but I'd prefer to go, fuck, run some banner ads, mate. It's not going to kill yeah. you. It's no cost to running banner ads. So lump it up and they're probably getting me cheap, but they're not going to get the whole they're not going to get the whole package without one part of it. So, yeah. So I'm, you package deal it is what you're yeah, sort of, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of, so I've, I have a lot of, I've got like three or four companies that I go, okay, you can have um, live reads in the podcast, you can have banner ads on the website and I'll either make a video once a quarter or I'll do this. You know, there's a bunch of different things you do for people. So with CES, which is a huge tech show in January, um, I take six or seven people there. One of them is my uh, longtime mate who's a video guy, not, not as, I hope he's not listening. Not as professional as you guys, but just loves no, making short content. form. The, well, he I just, he the just loves making short form video, right? And the yeah. vlogs are his idea. And mm. there is fuck all happening on those vlogs in terms of viewership. Um, they get much more traction on Facebook than they do on YouTube. But when Vodafone said, what could we do with you? I went, well, uh, clearly you can't. Like, I, don't, I can't be sponsored by Vodafone all year round because I talk about Telstra and Optus all the time. So that's just not going to happen, just so you know. Yeah. But I said, I, I love Vodafone roaming. It's what I use. I couldn't travel without it. And they said, well, just just throw something out. So that's why they pay for all the vlogs. So essentially, yeah. they pay me enough money to pay Rob to come with me, pay for my airfares to go to these big events because I like going to the big events on my own. So mm -hmm. I don't have to go to dinner with everyone. I could just say, like yeah. it's, I'm busy, um, and and you, I'm sure, frankly, value-wise, they might be paying too much for those. But you know, the people that do watch them, they they get that branding subtly, and over the mm. course of time, it, it works for them. So I think it's a good um, outcome for for Vodafone on that front. Other companies like CES this year, Hisense said to me, they said we want to own it. I said, what do you mean you want to own it? They said, you know, when you get a car, I put an EFTM, I buy a magnet, stick it on the side of the car. We said, we want our name on that. I went, fuck yeah. You know, <laughs> I, put, I put your name everywhere except they go, what about on TV? I said, no, nah, you can't yeah. own that. Like yeah. you, I can't put a, can't I can't own put a high sense logo on my shirt. Yeah, you, can't yeah. own, you can't own my editorial output. Yeah. You can own fucking EFTM's coverage because how else yeah. am I paying for it? You know, yeah. everyone else is just sponsored by a company uh, who they don't really disclose. We're pretty upfront. I've got a, I've got a, cause we're from talk radio, both Bowen and I, we've been through cash for comment. We know what, it, how it works. I've got a page on my website, which lists every single trip I've ever taken in the last three years and every single company that has had a commercial arrangement with EFTM. Uh, not the dollar amount, but, you know, Vodafone this, LG that, whatever. And I'm quite proud of that because if MediaWatch call, I say, well, there's a 
There's a list. Mm. Yeah. Enjoy. Whereas everyone else just puts a little disclaimer at maybe at the bottom of their article. So it's a similar to how world. Hillary Clinton runs her business. <laughs> I think not. I, I think, uh, but, well, I think it's hard to, when, you, when you're playing this game, when you're doing, uh, when you're entrepreneurial and you're trying to make cash in this way, like you've got to do that. You've mm. got to be a business person because like, you know, you need to pay the bill. You need to get to CES somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the abuse I, I just, got. I just the abuse I got for uh, my O bike video, which someone thought was sponsored, <laughs> and I got paid for that. <laughs> which you got? Fuck all. You got nothing. I got zero dollars. Yeah, and they yeah three dollars in YouTube revenue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can't get until you go over one hundred and fifty. Actually, they've pulled yeah. the revenue unless you have over thousand subscribers or something some ridiculous thing anyway yeah what would your what would your advice be trev to say the daily talk show if you're if you're producing this uh, specifically from a monetization point of view you had a, it's a five-year strategy mm. it's a five-year strategy yeah. um how would you look at it take the next hour <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I go i go hard on on podcasts i think podcasts should be just radio shows in terms of revenue so firstly um you know i'd be on a platform that allows you to monetize so we use wooshka and mm. it's weird i get a check every quarter for the pre-rolls that they run i'm like from Corey Layton. <laughs> yeah from Corey. and of course so i rob lowenthal who, who started wooshka was the coo at macquarie radio when, when i was there lovely yeah. bloke and it's just weird to me that I get a check or a, you know a, a deposit for pre-roll revenue that I don't even know exists. So it's fantastic. It's only you know a small amount of money, a couple hundred, yeah. but it's nice, right? It's yeah. nice stuff. Mm. But then I just think you've got to find, um, you've somehow got to find a, a business, a company that appreciates what you do, is happy with the swearing for a start, um, and it just you just integrate them. So it's just like like radio, but just live reads. You, you need to find a way that you can just have some fun. It's like we do with the Vodafone thing, you know. Every now and then we take the piss out of Vodafone five-day roaming and we show a, an SMS or whatever it is. You know, you just yeah. – it's it's kind of integrated but so blatant that your your, your loyal listeners know that you just got to make some money because no one's going to – no one's ever complained to me about the ads in my podcast, ever. Yeah. Um, because they know you've got to make money. We're not doing this for shits and giggles. And look at all the, the other platforms. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, just listen to radio listen, or watch TV. Yeah, um, and I I don't know whether it is you've got to find a you've got to find a market, and then you've essentially got to pull your contacts. You've got to find someone who's willing to give you, and and always I always think low. Uh, You know, if you could get, um, you know, two hundred bucks a week. That's yeah. that's the two of you, you know, whether it's paying for your Ubers to and from the offices or whatever, it basically makes it a cost neutral thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then you feel great about it. It's a buzz to know. Like three weeks ago, I had three advertisers on the EFTM podcast. Um, now it's only one because mm-hmm. it's we're in a different month now, and I frankly haven't been asked to you know do any deals for this month. But it's not going to make a difference to me because I still feel good about the fact that there's one advertiser there. Um, I, I I just think that it's really hard, especially with the format of the show, because what is the format? What is the content every single week? Mm-hmm. You might be in weird territory one day or the next, you know? So you've got to have someone who's not going to have any issues with content. But, um, you know, it's also going to be a small business. It's not going to be a Virgin Australia, is it? It's going to yeah. be someone who's just willing to throw some money at it and for you to spruik it to a few people and don't assume that you're going to... Oh, my biggest challenge is people go, oh, well, let's do an affiliate deal or let's do link. I'm like, mate, I can't guarantee anyone's going to click it. So no, yeah, no yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I assume like people say you should do a live thing and have an audience. I'm like, no one will turn up. Like <laughs> I've... I don't know. I don't well, know. That, that mantra of up. nobody giving a fuck, I think, is a, a good one when you're s- starting out. But I think that it's like it is that long game that you talk about. Like 
I'm sure you're... Your um, biggest challenge is the long game. You, 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 yeah. I think you've got in your head now you want to get to 100. But yeah. if you commit to 100, then what happens after that? And yeah. you're starting all over again. It's like going back to Josh speaking where you just, yeah. you've just lost well, it we've now. Diff- we've definitely... And I think that's where we've developed um, over the last couple of weeks after speaking to you about it and um, even, you know... Uh, you know, expanding what we're doing, and 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 Tommy and I talking about it. What we've been speaking about is we definitely want to continue it while I'm away. Um, Bree, I know that I'm on onto a good thing when, um, when you know, Bree's are always it. good at providing a bit of pushback, right? Uh, yeah. Where it's you know, is this worth your time? Do you really enjoy it? But she yep. sees how much I mm. love uh, doing this, and so. You know, she was saying, you know, how are you going to do it when you're away? Not in the sense of like, you know, the, the the sort of sly way of saying you better not be fucking working on your podcast while yeah. you're away, but actually like, how can we how can we make this work mm. for you? So, you know, we'll, uh, Tommy and I were talking about doing um, uh, four episodes uh, a week that we do every week and then one interview that we have already banked. And the way that we'll mm. do that is... Uh, twice a week for an hour and a half, we do um, two podcasts. So we do like say a Monday and a Wednesday and that will get us basically fresh content for the week and then we'll have uh, a bunch of uh, interviews. Because yeah, I'm committed to, I think that the the other thing too is I think about Josh speaking and I'm like, oh yeah, I could, you know, build build, uh, that that, uh, podcast up again and all that sort of thing. But I'm really... um, committed to this now and i'm like i feel the momentum i think the other thing that we as an industry and i refer to podcasting and i've spoken to rob at whisker about this is we need a process of um in radio we call it cross pollination whatever but you know cross promotion Mm. we need a process where when there's no sold b-roll on the EFTM podcast, why shouldn't there be a, a promo for the uh, the daily talk show? Yeah. Or why shouldn't um, mm. you know Rachel Corbett show? Like, let's just all make promos. Yeah. Um, and that's what you know, YouTube does. Be, I mean, collapse yeah. right is the biggest, uh, you know, arguably the biggest way of channel growth. And that's what yeah. if you if you look at any YouTuber, you can basically draw dots to where they've gotten their audience from and it's right. the other four people how many careers have been created thanks to casey neistat mm. and his youtube channel you know it's, it's frustrating to me <laughs> what do you what, what's your take on, on casey i feel like he does pol- polarize yeah i, I can't I, I like how uh, how raw his videos seem but it just feels like there's 15 people working on behind the scenes and i just you know, I like I like it when stuff started that way, but it'd be like in in five years from now, if you guys walk in and someone else presses the button and someone else, I yeah. just just feel like you're sitting in a room right now. This is raw. This is real, and I don't know that. I think those those big YouTube channels have lost that. Um, that that's what worries me. It's a scale. It's a scale problem. Their, their rawness. Everyone's mm. yeah. got is everyone one day is going to become fucking Telstra if they get big enough, and then everyone's going to fucking hate you. And that's the thing. Like if you are number one. If you were number one of anything, and that's the opportunity to be the Vodafone or the Optus to be, there is a place for being that secondary uh, 
podcast yeah. or the the underdog. Yeah. Your biggest challenge, and I think this is the message to anyone that's starting anything, is you need to be committed to it. So I say this yeah. to mm. to Bowen, who loves driving cars for free every week, but you know sometimes he goes, mate, because he sees that I've given him access to the numbers, and you know what, the number of people actually reading the odd article isn't always that great. Yeah. Facebook reach has just died, so the number <laughs> of people actually seeing our Facebook posts is so low. And I go, mate. It's a long game. That's our motto is it's a long game. Mm-hmm. And we can outlast everyone. I'm happy to be here to outlast everyone. But if we're not in it for the long run, it's not going to work. So you just, I, I don't know how long that long run is. If it's 10 years, it might be 10 years. If it's five years. But you've got to be there. You've got to stick it out. If you don't show a commitment to audience, then they're not going to be committed to you. Your challenge every day of the week is a lot of content. But um yeah, I think I think people that get into it think it's going to be a thing overnight. So you've already got the mentality that it's not going to be a you know million dollar success overnight. And the funny thing is, most podcasts I think are going to find their biggest biggest success in radio. Yeah. Like, mm. I, the, the weird thing is that, and I'm happy to say this, I think EFTM, our our podcast, we we dropped the swearing like ten weeks ago, um, and I just go, you know what, this is fun. This is an hour of fun. This is fucking FM radio on a Sunday night. Uh, someone should take this. Yeah. Um, mm. And once I've got enough good episodes in the can, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there because that's where that's where growth is. Which is stupidly weird to say that we're on this new innovative platform, but we're only going to get audience on radio. Yeah. But again, boys, mainstream. Yeah, what's well, the? I feel like that's interesting. It's the the what's the end game? And I feel like uh, radio sh- radio shows want to be podcasters, and podcasters you know want to want to be radio, be radio shows. Or There's radio no stars. YouTube person. There's no YouTube person that doesn't want to be on TV. Yeah, mm. that's bullshit. If they say they don't. Or Casey, hello, sold yeah. out to create CNN stuff and it failed. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. that's why I say you asked me early on, Tommy, about TV. I, I'm sorry, but Pretty much everyone doing what I'm doing wishes they were doing in some way what I'm doing. Is that um, some sort of imbe- like ingrained, like it's a, this allure of the sh- you know, shiny, the silver screen? Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's, it's 50-50. I think it's, it's the allure and I think it's the, it's the audience. So until we can you know, put up a podcast and get 10,000 downloads like that, like a brand new one, people are just going to sample it or whatever – uh, we, we don't have critical mass. Like yeah, it's all right yeah. to have 10,000 one week and then lose them all because it's shit. But to build from zero up to a hundred, then up to a thousand and then try and get to 10,000, let alone anything higher than that. I mean, it's a huge drag. Whereas mm. you could go on the radio and do a quick spot and reach 10, 20, 30,000 people who might go, that was interesting. Mm. Um, what do you do with those people? It's, it's just a mate. It's a it's a numbers game, and the numbers are small right now. And you've either got to be my wife. I reckon six years ago when we were in a different house, and it was literally in the garage. Um, she, I'm sure she said to me at some point, "This you know, this is never going to be your thing. Like it's never going to be your career." To be honest, if she hadn't said that, I don't reckon I would have made it my career because it's kind of pissed me off. Yeah. And it's your ex-wife now. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it, it kind of like, so she, she doesn't get it. She doesn't know yeah, what I yeah, do. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck that. This, this day job bullshit's going to go. And it was a couple of years, but no way that was that going to be true because, you know, and so people say that about making videos, you know, if you're making videos and you're only getting 500 views, well, hang on a minute. I mean, it, what, who says that's a bad thing? Those mm. are 500 really engaged people. That's the way I look at it. every single download is a super engaged um, audience member. Whereas, yeah, you know, if 300,000, 400,000 people see me on the Today Show tomorrow morning at 7.45, how many of them tuned in 
to see that. I like yeah. saw the promos and went, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that thing about alarm clocks. That's what we're doing tomorrow. Um, <laughs> uh, it's going to be great. Um, you know, whereas people that just came across it. And so, yeah, you can't measure the engagement on television and that's the one thing that it lacks. So, mm. so who was Trevor Long, uh, you know, going back three years, SBS, what was employee Trevor Long like? What, what would you do day to day, paint that picture for people? I was the. I ended up as the manager of technology innovation and strategy, which was essentially a title we created to stop me leaving. <laughs> uh, you know, two years before that, but essentially, oh, I was a manager. I was a middle manager. You know, I, yeah. I managed people. I had a good manager like 10, 15 years ago that taught me, you know, coaching and how to talk to people and shit. So, you know, a pretty good manager of people, I think. Um, and yeah, I was just a numbers guy. I, I was pretty much yeah. just a numbers guy at SBS and then, you know, manager of people. Whereas before that at 2GB, I was a content guy, which is why yeah. I'm so opinionated about content. I listen to something and go, that's shit. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't be on the internet, let alone What were you doing at 2GB again? Uh, so I was, I was uh, a producer for many years on sports mm-hmm. shows. I produced Ray Hadley uh, on the, the football and his morning show. And uh, then I became assistant program director. So yeah. assistant program director and I produced all of their Olympics coverages and uh, major sporting events. So, you know, I was, I, you know, I was, I was the guy that had to walk into a talk show and say, shit, interview today, guys, do it better tomorrow or whatever. But, um, and, you know, solve the problems of who's paneling that show and who's on the phones. <laughs> you know. And because SBS, uh, SBS um, has done some pretty uh, innovative things, right? Like yeah. the, the on-demand offering, you know, what was the internal process in there? Were you involved? Uh, in that, it that it had started before my time, but they, um, that, so their strategy was very smart. They, uh, a new TV would launch from Sony or something and they'd want to, Sony would want to announce a TV with content on it. Um, and so they would, because SBS had a platform, um, they would say to SBS, do you want to be on it? And we'd be like, yeah. Um, they'd be like, we need to develop an app. And we'd be like, well, you pay for it and we'll develop it. You know, So essentially they got all the, the platforms to pay for the development of their of their, of their apps right. while the back end was you know, paid for internally. So it was a smart strategy, got them you know, on a lot of platforms. Um, they're very smart about the whole, you know, we want to be in every home and every device and all that kind of stuff, but still so cash strapped and also such nice content. It was never going to massively grow but the one thing I did heavily which never really took off but is still on every TV these days is the Freeview FV stuff the Freeview uh, Plus stuff the mm-hmm. red button green button if you buy a new TV and it's internet connected you can press a red button and launch Nine Now or SBS On Demand you know that was a that was like a million dollar investment from the TV stations to do mm-hmm. but not a lot of people doing it, but it's still cool. Like my kids do it. And I'm like, holy shit, my kids are using <laughs> that thing that we developed and I didn't even use it. Like this is a different generation. Like, and that's, yeah. that Tommy is, and you'll notice this when your kid gets old enough to take the remote, but my kids don't watch TV. Mm. My kids only watch TV when I'm on and they don't even do that every day. Bastards. Yeah. Are they using um, the monitor? Are they using the TV yes. screen? When So my kids are allowed to, on a Saturday, Sunday morning, they're allowed to get up and come downstairs on their own. No, don't have to wake mum and dad up. Uh, you're just going to come down before 6.30, right? <laughs> and so we come down there watching YouTube. That's yeah. all they do. They open up YouTube and they watch. We, we've allowed them to watch a couple of channels. There's a guy called Stampy who makes Minecraft videos. So if they're watching something other than Stampy, I can tell because it's a different voice. Um, but Stampy makes fucking The Sims, Pokemon. There's enough. He makes enough content mm. that my kids could watch him every day. So <laughs> that's all they watch. Yeah. Uh, to the point where my kids, if, they're, if their screen time is such that, you know, my oldest Jackson is playing Fortnite and the other two have had their screen time early, they'll just sit and watch him. 
Like they're watching people play fucking computer games. I was just sitting weird. with a twelve-year-old the other day, and his dad. It wasn't just me and a twelve-year-old. It was <laughs> oh, there was a couple of us, and I said to him, "Mate, what do you want to be when you grow up?" And YouTuber. You can guess what he said. Yeah, YouTuber. Was yes. It? Yeah. A YouTuber. They all say it. They all say yeah. it. Literally, it's the yeah, new. Uh, I want to be on TV. Yeah. I said to him, "What do you want to? What do you want to be known for on YouTube? What's your thing? Like, what on YouTube?" I said gamer. Fuck. Mm. This is where Twitch. Twitch. I don't get. I don't get fucking no, gaming in, in general. Um, What's well, the people behind the game, right? Because my work experience girl, she sits in on her lunch break just watching the silliest game I've ever seen. And I said, what are you doing? I'm trying to understand it because that's what I initially think. Silliest, that's the stupidest shit anyone could ever do. <laughs> and then it's the personality. It's the person. They're really funny. They're actually, so they're just mm. nerdy people who wouldn't be the, you know, good looking vlogger, yeah. like that stereotype. Yeah. They're just Joe Blow who can talk and and probably is quite funny and just says yeah. funny shit and then people are entertained. It's bizarre. Where's eSport at Trev? Oh, like it's about, it's 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 small, but it's yeah. going to be massive. Like mm-hmm. right now, the, the Formula One eSports series just restarted. Fox Sports are airing tomorrow night. Um, as we record tomorrow night, uh, the final of the E League, the soccer game. I mean, it's it's going to be massive. How do you describe um, it for people who don't know what eSports? I, I describe it as competitive computer gaming um, yeah. that you can you can watch. So essentially, they want to fill Hoyt Cinemas. Hoyt's are building a you know knocking down a cinema and just one screen in every capital city to build a stage where they can have people playing computer games, big screen so you can watch it. And so I'm a okay. Formula One fan. Yeah. I, I thought this was stupid. And then yeah. I clicked on the link and I watched a Formula One esports race. And I'm going, <laughs> fuck, go up, go inside. I'm cheering it like I do a normal race because as a viewer, you see it like a TV coverage. Yeah. And as an individual, the competitors, they see it as a driver, like a cockpit. So you never, you, it's not like you're watching someone play the game. You're actually watching the outcome of the game. It's, you know what, it's quite compelling if you're into the sport. It's quite compelling, and they're going to have you know TV audiences slowly, but it's 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 going to be online, like YouTube audiences globally. Mm. That's the thing they talk about millions of viewers and shit, but it's global, right? I could have yeah. millions of viewers if I had something that went global. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's probably five years from now we'll be talking about esports in sports updates on the radio. And I guess that's, that's cool. a, an opportunity for media personalities too. So maybe. 10 years ago if you wanted to be on you know the footy show or you wanted to yeah. commentate sport you'll uh, probably be transitioning to doing this esport thing mm. yeah like my son 11 if Fortnite stayed as a game for 10 years he'd become pretty good at it and he'd he'd be you he not be good at playing it but that's that's why commentators are good right they're not good at yeah. playing it they're good at Analyzing describing it, it. yeah and absolutely. so if he can describe and analyze what they're doing and talk me talk people through it then bingo there's a whole new career coming yeah. um but again, it's got to reach a critical mass and that critical mass is mainstream, which gets us back to that original point of at what point does mainstream and internet cross over or do they ever? Um, it's, it's a weird thing, but you know, I'm still not convinced that the internet can handle um, what's your biggest, I mean, I'm thinking state of origin, but you know, the, the AFL grand final, let's yeah. say that wasn't broadcast. Let's say it was only on the internet. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the internet can handle it. Yeah. I'm not mm. sure the internet. And, I'm and not you're talking the big NBN advocate here. of the NBN, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not even talking about the NBN versus. I'm just saying, just you know, people's com- just the whole concept of pumping out a million streams yeah. or two million streams of something. I don't know that we're there yet. So yeah, but we've, we've never had a successful there. mass event yet. Yeah. Census, hello. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, the the problem with that is it's. Uh, bureaucracy and systems and security and all that sort of thing. But say 
uh, not to use the buzzword, you know, blockchain, but I will, you know, use, using technology, these, you know, these technologies to try and deliver content or to sort of, uh, to make it sort of scalable without requiring crazy amounts of proprietary servers and systems and all that sort of thing. I yeah. think that's that's what's going to be I'll tell you, to... when, when the crossover will happen is... Um... Uh, around contract time for TV networks. So the yeah. cost of broadcast is something most of us don't understand. But um, when I was at SBS, we were doing a, a deal with Broadcast Australia, the people that run the t- towers for the ABC and SBS. And this was a tens of millions of dollars worth of money being spent, I think every year, um, just to pump the television signal out. And you're <laughs> like, mm. so how long should we continue doing this for? At what point do we go, okay, it's not on there anymore, but you press this button, it'll be there. Yeah. Uh, that's that's when it gets crazy. And, and I, I, hmm, that's like saying radio is going to stop. I just don't know that that's going to happen. I just, well, I just yeah, I think it. that it's it's going to get to a point, yeah, like the technology that we're using right now. Hmm. I I nerd out and look at say something like Comrex, you know, which is a which is a system that a lot of the radio stations use to be able to do outside well, broadcasts and all that sort of thing, <clears throat> but. It's uh, it's proprietary and it's built for broadcast and it has a broadcast price tag. You can't even find anywhere a price. You'd have to go through a dealer and get all yeah, that no, sort of thing. Yeah, five thousand dollars for the unit that I've got sitting on my desk here that yeah. allows me to dial into radio stations. Mm. Yeah, five thousand bucks—that's prohibitive. Yeah, mm. and is it? I mean, and is and it's it no giving, different to this exactly? And, and that's my point. I, I had a tech question, and Tommy, while I ask this tech question. We've got Trevor here, so have a think of a tech question that you can ask. <laughs> but mine was mine was actually it's a little bit tech, it's a little bit sort of lifestyley, which I think plays into your strengths. Um, I'm thinking about disconnecting a little bit more from technology, and when I say right. that, I mean you know I'm so fucking reactive to social media. And Bree and I tried on Saturday where we went without our. Yeah, phones. I heard you say that. Yeah, yeah it was fucking awesome i felt great and i didn't have my apple watch and so what i'm thinking is on the europe trip getting rid of mm. the apple watch because it's a clusterfuck to charge it's just another thing to charge every night yeah, it's another cable yep. yeah get rid of the apple watch and i spent four hours uh last night watching videos on the best watch to buy right and brie i was like on the purchase button fuck here we go we've got you're holding up a watch right now a tag yeah what is you're gonna have to tell me about a tag okay well can i tell you the one that i was thinking Mm. and then so i went down the g-shock rabbit hole Love it. So I yep. have a G. I have a G Shock right now, and the thing that I was always um, annoyed at is, yeah, it's it's a nice one, but I just the watch face is pretty small. I want something that's real fucking chunky. So I went and found oh. this. There's a watch that I think it's called the GPW one thousand, and like you go down this rabbit hole of like. This is what the pilots use. You can fucking get the time when you you press a button and it knows your fucking I think time I've got zone. One. It's big black motherfucking yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. I've got. That's going to be the title of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Trevor's big black clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So look, I'm thinking. So <laughs> I, was, I was looking. I was looking at the prices, and um, it's a fucking. Uh, David it's Jones, I think. Watch. Yeah, yeah, it's about twelve hundred bucks. I saw. Um, What's your question, though? So the the question is, the around the you know, 
is, is this a, the right option? Should I be? I can actually get it for. There's like a nine hundred dollar one can get for fucking seven hundred because fucking uh, David Jones have a sale. What watch should Josh buy? What what watch should uh, I buy? So yeah, there's twofold to that. I 100% agree on the switching off thing. In fact, yeah. I'm I'm in the mode to do it now as well. I, the, I think I'm spending way too long just flicking through Twitter and Facebook. It's just stupid, right? It's yeah. just and it's also making me angry. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch off more more days than not. So I think while you're on holidays, just stick with Instagram, right? Like it's yeah. just such a great way to switch off from the rest. Uh-huh. When it comes to watches, that watch is magnificent. Like so, mm-hmm. I, I was lucky. For a while there, I had a great contact. Casio sent me everything, right? Yeah. I've, I've got a, I've got G-Shocks to, to the cows come home, including that beautiful one you're just talking about. I wonder it's if the contact was, uh, yeah, because there was um, Kyle and Jack's producer. Yes, was it Bruno? Bruno. That's who it was. Yes. Bruno. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Bruno did yeah. a stint Bruno at Casio, Boucher was, was at Casio and yeah. just hooked me massively up. Like, it yeah. was great. I reviewed every Casio G-Shock and edifice there was. Yeah. I love that watch. It's big. People notice it. And it's got GPS for time yeah. when you're in different places. It's a lot of fun. It's a nice watch. Mm. But... And so that I love. It's a crazy thing because you know I've got every smartwatch possible, mm-hmm. but I would I I pined for years for a tag. Yeah. Now I was in New York a couple of weeks ago and I went, you know what, fuck this, I'm buying a tag, and I just bought that tag. Now that was not a thousand dollar watch. Is all yeah. I'll say. <laughs> it was a very expensive watch, and I wear it every day. I wear yeah. it every day because it's I feel like I've earned it, and mm-hmm. that, that's the weird thing about this is that I could I could have I've got Apple Watch, I've got Samsung, I've got them all. But I love wearing the tag because I earned it. I worked yeah. hard and I earned this thing, and it tells the fucking time. I yeah. went to Chicago with Apple three, four weeks ago, and they looked at my, and they're all going blip, blip, blip. And I just went, oh, it's four o'clock. And they go, what's mm. that? And I went, it's a tag. And they go, where's your Apple Watch? I went, at home. And that's like, that's an insult to them to not yeah. have their stuff while you're on tour. But yeah. I'm like, fuck this. I only got this last week and I earned it. And so it's, is it mechanical? Because I went in yep. down the Swiss whole mechanical, like, yeah. yeah. Like that's not so, mate, go, get it. Get the G-Shock. There's. I'll send you a link to another G-Shock. But uh, that the GPW 1000 is gorgeous. It's a great yeah. watch. There's another one that's metal that's just as big, and it's uh, it's a really nice, nice silver metal watch. The so, only thing yeah. I have against the metal watch is the fucking scratching up the MacBook Pro, like when you're typing oh. and stuff. Um, but, but I mean, that's his first world problems. Or yeah, I, I know. Exactly. Oh, I've been thinking about my question. Um, uh, Trevor, you said you had a bunch of watches lying around. Can I have one? Because <laughs> I don't actually have a watch. Do you, know, you can you can have one of my old ones. No, I want the uh, I want the um, the Apple Watch. The Apple Watch. I'll give you a few episodes. We'll run a promo of EFTN. <laughs> Uh, Sadly, this is the problem. Where uh, people say, like, I get a lot from parents. They're like, "Oh, their teenager yeah. smashed their phone. Have you got a spare phone? Yeah, you need I got props. about two hundred. I got two hundred phones here, right? Easy. Yeah. I got a phone for you." And they go, "Have you got any iPhones?" I'm like, "No, I fucking don't have any iPhones, mm. right?" Yeah. Because Apple stuff, Apple of all the companies, play this. They've got the best system. They, I, I emailed them the other day and said, "I'm doing a segment on tablets yeah. on the Today Show that afternoon. Every tablet they've got arrives, uh-huh. but they'll get an email next week saying they're due back." Yeah. So the Apple Watch that I've got is due, is is out for I think six months, right? Mm-hmm. And on the day that it's ready to go back, they'll email me and I'll send it back. So Apple stuff can't help you with Tommy. Sorry, mate. Damn yeah. it! But my, uh, you know, who was uh, would 
turn a blind eye when it comes to uh, rental stuff. Sonos. My parents still have a Sonos speaker that I had from Melbourne Geek Days. Oh, they which, rented it too. Yeah, well, no, they just gave it. They were just. It was for early days. This would have been like twenty eleven. Uh, the or biggest challenge in the tech world. In my, this is such a first world problem. But like, I get three couriers a day. Just shit turns up, right? Yeah. And the biggest problem is I don't know whether it's going to back or not. I'd much yeah. prefer to know when you want it back or if it's not going back. Because it's not going back. I auction it off at school. I give them yeah, away. Yeah. Like I don't, mm. I don't sell anything. Don't never yeah. make any money out of it. But I don't want it here. Yeah, I've got absolutely. three shelves in my garage full of just shit yeah. that I don't know if it's going back. And so once every six months, I go radio. It's over. People donations to the school and the salvos, and off you go. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's. Uh, Lying around. But Actually, no watches, sorry, Tommy. we got to wrap up. Yeah, yeah. My kid's going mad. He's yeah, running yeah, around. Absolutely. Yeah. See him in the background. Uh, Trev, <laughs> we're going to have to get you back on at some point. Uh, now that we, yeah, we've committed to uh, doing this for fucking ever. Now that Tommy's we, moved uh, past his trolling of me, then. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all good. <laughs> we can be exactly. friends. <laughs> but uh, yeah, where can where can people find you? I'm guessing uh, eftm.com. Eftm.com or just on Twitter is at Trevor Long. Yeah, and you've, yeah, uh, you've got me the, and I'll hate back. <laughs> and you've got the podcast too, right? How often? Yeah, are you Yeah, EFTM that? podcast. We do that every week. Um, yeah. And as I said, we're going to start an interview series. I'm just totally not copying. I promise. But um, <laughs> Mate, uh, yeah, EFTM every week. We're just uh, talking shit uh, awesome. about tech, cars, and lifestyle. Perfect. Thanks so much, Trev. It's the Thanks, Daily Dave. Talk Thanks, Show, boys. everyone. And you can send us those emails. Hi at the Daily Talk Show dot uh, com. We don't have any, so that's why I'm not. Uh, if if Michelle's wondering, that's why I'm not talking about them. Okay. All right. Have a good one. See you guys.